0: Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet hosted by three versions of the same person.
1: Hi, ha hi hi hi. It's, hi. A,
0: it's not like a time loop thing. It's just <laughs> I have children. <laughs> They're kinda like carbon if copies of me.
2: As us being I mean, versions of you, then sure. I don't see why I not. Mean, I
0: mean, it's yeah. the noobs and the hoovian. <laughs> My name is Austin, and I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And we're the noobs. Not clones of me. This is the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and then discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And two sons sons who haven't. Except this week we aren't, because sometimes we don't. Welcome to episode 69, our timey-wimey number 9, covering Robert Heinlein's By His Bootstraps. This is the one where a guy sends himself to watch himself beat himself up so he can send himself to get stuff for himself in order to become king before himself. The end. Was that fast (laughs) enough, Corbin?
2: (laughs) I don't know. I think he could have gone a little bit faster. Uh, This is the one where a guy sends himself to watch himself
0: beat up himself so he can send himself to get stuff for himself in order to become king before himself. The end.
2: I mean, I feel like some people could still, like, <laughs> understand what the point of the story was. You're not allowed to let them do
0: that, Dan. <laughs> right. So let's do a, a quick introduction yeah. to the primary characters and their actors. So, the uh, obviously, the first person we meet is Bob Wilson, played by the uh, very well-known Richard Dreyfuss. Uh, you guys may not know Richard Dreyfuss. I'm trying to think of something he's been in that you guys would know, but mm. there's probably not a lot out there. Yes. Uh yes, you would know him from this. He's done lots of movies over the years. Um, well-known guy. He's one of those guys where when you see him, you go, "Oh yeah, that guy." Uh, and then we had Joe, uh, Joe Wilson, Joe slash Bob Wilson, who messed up my notes. It's
2: me? Why? Because they're all Bob Wilson. But they're but but, but, but just
0: supposed Joe to be is played by Richard Dreyfus. Uh, third guy played by uh, Richard Dreyfus. Just to mix things up, we have the prank caller played by Richard Dreyfus. Uh, the internal monologue played by. Uh, Richard Dreyfuss, and then Deektor, played by, of course, Richard Dreyfus. Noobs in the Huvian is brought to you by R5 Website Management, where you can get world-class hosting, domain registration, and security at a great price. We've got a special deal just for Noobs and the Huvian listeners. Use the code...
1: Noobs. ...at
0: checkout to get 15% off your entire order. Go to store.r5websitemanagement.com, throw everything that you need into your cart, and then use the code... Noobs. ...at checkout to get 15% off your entire order and build your awesome website today all right so let's just jump right into the time travel details um this one this one guys is like the definition of wibbly wobbly isn't
2: it (laughs) It, it's literally i like (sighs) surely this isn't the first story but like the first story
0: uh the uh, the first story to have (laughs) wibbly
2: wobbly time travel but
0: it's very uh, certainly not. But th- I this is this one. is this is early stuff. This is like uh, I think 1941. Uh, this was originally published. I mean,
2: is this where the bootstrap paradox name came from?
0: No, ag- no, no, no. It's actually the other the other way around. the okay. The title "By His Bootstraps" uh, comes from the bootstraps paradox, if I remember correctly. Um, and and are y'all familiar with the idea of picking yourself up by your bootstraps? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of like you know the American dream. You know, you just you know, you just do the impossible. Do, well, no, it's, it's the idea that, you know, like you lift yourself up and the, and the very, the very concept of lifting yourself up by your bootstraps should tell you how much of a bunch of crap that is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because as Corbin just said, it's impossible. But it's the idea of like picking yourself up by your own effort. Um, but again, demonstrating that it's not possible to lift yourself. It's like what Bugs Bunny would do, you yeah. know, step yeah. into a box and then lift the cardboard box up you know, and pick him, pick his own self up. You know, it's that kind of thing. Um, so the idea is, you know, that, that you have this guy who literally did this in this story. He, he put himself into power by coaching himself as a younger man. So, uh, so again, let's, let's get into the, um, the time travel details. First of all, we like to talk about the method. So we didn't have, uh, we didn't have a, you know, a. um, uh, uh, DeLorean, we didn't have a phone booth. What did we have on this one, guys?
2: Time gate.
0: The time gate. Mm-hmm. That
2: doesn't sound fancy. I don't know. This was,
0: was, well, again, this was 1941. Mm-hmm. So we're early days in science fiction here. So okay. uh, so the time gate was a, a portal that allows travel through time and space. That's important. Because uh, sometimes when you're, time you know, some, some stories, your time travel is just where you are now is where you will be. You know, just in a different time. But you could actually move this portal through time and space. And it was apparently created by aliens called the Grand Ones uh, that will one day rule over Earth. So we have that to look forward to.
2: Until they leave or
0: whatever. Until they just, for whatever reason, just pick up and and leave. But not before uh, completely destroying the willpower of the entire human species. So Ah, there's there's that. (laughs) Leaving it ripe for dictatorship by a crazed man from the... 20th century named so. ah, hey. <laughs> named Bob Wilson, actually changed <laughs> his name to Dictor. Yeah. So, uh, let's see, where was the time travel type introduced?
1: Literally like t- 20
2: seconds.
0: In. Yeah. I mean like, you know, it, we, we and just...
2: suddenly a guy falls through a portal and starts talking to himself. It's nothing. It's fine.
0: <laughs> no big deal. So, uh, all right, here's where we, here's where we get into the important stuff. The rules. What are the rules? Of time travel specifically. What is the question we always ask when we're doing timey windies? Trip. What's Can the question? You change the past? Yeah. So Corbin, what is the answer in this story?
2: No. And
0: uh Are you sure? Yes. Okay.
2: There's there's a specific line in there uh where he's like, where's free will in this situation? Mm-hmm. And uh I misinterpreted that the first time we listened to it. I thought like he wasn't intending to say any of the stuff he was saying, but no, it was just he was going to say this always. It's not a whole lot of free will, but he did mean to say these things. They're not just coming from nowhere.
0: Yeah,
1: existential horror. It,
0: much? <laughs> oh, we'll we'll get into some of that. Uh, it does. Um, it, it does. You know, beg that question of: Did he choose? You know, on when he's when he's Joe. Did he choose to say the things that he said? Because it, when when we catch up to Joe in the story. And the internal monologue is coming from Joe's perspective. Um, You know, Bob Wilson, iteration number two, so to speak. He says, I can get off of this crazy merry-go-round anytime I want. I can say something different than what I said last time. Just say, Mary had a little lamb. And then, you know, Bob Wilson is talking to him and he's like, come on, you know, what's wrong with you? Just come on. Say, Mary had a little lamb. And then instead he's like, ah, call me Joe. And then boom, he's, you know, he's off to the races and everything. Yeah, and what I thought was interesting was, uh, as as time goes on, he will he will say something, and then go, "Oh, that's why I said that," you know, or something like that. You know, like mm-hmm. like he says, oh, "Just call me Joe." And that, by the way, Joe, that was just it's just a generic name. You it know? still is. It's just it, yeah, it Bob, absolutely. Imagine, yeah. yeah, Joe. It's, it's the only more generic name that I could think of would be Bob. Bob, <laughs> Bob Wilson. Bob Wilson, isn't... a man with two first names. So um, he, he just says, hey, call me Joe. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I already wow. said that. Hmm, It's interesting. So we end up with all kinds of causal loops. And if I understand correctly, Robert Heinlein's point in writing this story was to explore paradoxes. To explore causal loops, and so um, I think I've got some some notes down here later on where, where we'll discuss a couple of types of paradoxes that Heinlein Heinlein um, goes over throughout the course of this story, and he weaves them in beautifully. So if if I'm remembering correctly, that that's why he wrote this story, then he did it perfectly because you, it's just part of the narrative. You know, yeah. it's not like. A couple of guys sitting around afterwards and talking about it on a podcast or something stupid like that. All right, so weird. (laughs) That would be totally uh, just clunky and everything. All right, so let's take a look. That that that's the rule. So whatever happened happened. You can't change the past. And again, we'll we'll discuss how they got that right, how they got that wrong, um, paradoxes and things like that in a minute. But we we always have to take a few minutes to talk about just random stuff we noticed. So I thought it was interesting that. Uh, the, the conceit of the story, the, you know, the, the beginning of the story is Bob Wilson sitting at his typewriter writing out a PhD thesis about how ludicrous the idea of time travel is. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of writing that thesis, he is interrupted by a future iteration of himself.
2: It causes him to go down. His ridiculous journey, where he ends up thirty thousand years in the future,
0: right, right, as ruler over Earth, right. But you know, like he could have been—he could have been doing anything. He could have been sitting there listening to music. He could have been writing a, a, a thesis about something else. He could have been making dinner. But Heinlein had him writing a thesis about why um, time travel is impossible because of things meta. like, huh? It
2: seems a little bit meta.
0: Right yeah 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 exactly. Mm-hmm, and yeah. he's he's writing a thesis about how it's impossible because of things like paradoxes for example. Oh. Yeah, and then spends the whole rest of the thing trying to explain away paradoxes and how he really does have free will only to find out he doesn't. Nope. Uh, let's see. He said <laughs> I didn't notice this. I have listened to this story so many times. Pro- this is probably my 6th or 7th time listening to it. And I didn't catch it this time until um uh, th- this time, yesterday, when all three of us were sitting listening to it, there's a there's a moment when he says, "Nobody here but me," <laughs> and it's that's you
1: know, so true. It's him right. and a
0: copy of himself. So there's literally, even though there's someone else here, there's still nobody else here but me. I thought that was that was great, uh, Corbin. You want to give us uh, our favorite line of our? Excuse me, excuse me. Our favorite three lines of the entire yes broadcast. Listen, Toadstool. If you
2: want a good chuckle, go set fire to your shorts, but leave me out of it. <laughs> and
0: he finds out he's talking to his
2: girlfriend.
1: Listen, Toadstool. Oh, that's great. If you want a good chuckle, go set fire to your shorts, but leave me out of it.
0: There are so many it's things. The way that, he says it. I'm trying to remember. I I want to say that this recording was from was you know he he said in the intro it was done by NPR National Public Radio. I want to say it was like in the mid '80s. And so some of the references, Toadstool? He calls him Toadstool as an insult? Like, what in the world? What? And, you know, like, if you want a good chuckle, go set fire to your shorts. I was like, what? what? Like, so I love listening to uh, things that are just a few decades behind and listening to some of the insults that get hurled. It's like, was that like a really wicked burn back in the day to say, go set fire to your shorts if you want a good chuckle? Like, ah. what the heck? Um But at any rate, so... Uh, I wrote in the notes that exactly verbatim. And then I wrote, it's even funnier the second time. And then, and the third. It's you know, like, was, it just keeps getting funnier like, every time we hear it.
1: The so. first time you're like, what? The second time is like, it keeps going. The third time it's like, how many times
2: is it going to show up? Yeah.
0: Uh, Corman, you had the next note there. I put this down there based off of your observation.
2: So it's uh, sometime during the second iteration where he's gone through the portal again to go meet himself, to go through the portal or whatever. <laughs> Confusing stuff. Yeah. And um so he's talking to himself and I think it was he's like okay just say Mary had a little lamb and then he yeah. snaps in his mind yeah. like like
0: internal monologue. He goes he goes snap just just say something different and we'll be out of this thing and, and Corbin like, goes uh, did he just snap in his mind? <laughs> I've sure never done that. I've never I mean, internally I mean, gone I mean, and I, snap.
1: <laughs> I guess you could do you that. Can, sure,
0: why not? So, so speaking of that, I thought it was really interesting the way the uh, the audio rate you know the radio drama used audio as a medium to change the perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have the internal monologue shifting. So you could, as confusing as this story is you could hit play on your on your device and skip it to any moment in the story and just listen for maybe 30 seconds and you would be able to know which person which iteration of bob is the current one because the internal monologue shifts right mm-hmm. so the f- we 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 see the story the 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 scene in the room with the typewriter we see three versions of that right or, we, oh, excuse me, we see the same version three times. And the first time we go through, the internal monologue is Bob at the typewriter. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah.
0: The second time through, the internal monologue is Joe. And he's saying things like, man, was I that stupid? A couple of, you know, like <laughs> when, when I went through this the first time. And then the third time through, the internal monologue is the third version, you know, Joe 2.0 or whatever we want to call it. Yeah. Um, and, and then it, and it keeps going. Right? Then we have the prank caller version. Then we have Dictor. And they even turn Dictor's inner monologue into a whole character. Yeah. yeah so he's almost like a fifth entity, a fifth uh-huh. iteration of Bob.
2: And you have to give props to Richard Dreyfus because when you're listening, there are mm-hmm. subtle little mm-hmm. changes in the way he voices the characters yeah. based on how the story, like, oh, he's a little bit more worn out and tired yes. now. So he's going to sound a bit more like that. Mm-hmm. And it helps you tell so which So like Bob and Joe sound
0: pretty different. Joe sounds, yeah. like you said, a little more worn out, a little more exasperated. Whatever. Joe 2, Bob 3, whatever. Just sounds exasperated. And Dictor. honestly, the first time I listened to this, I didn't know if Richard Dreyfuss was doing that voice. It is <laughs> so different. Um, and And this is something you couldn't pull off if this was a movie. Like, I don't know how you would do this in video format.
2: Yeah, like um, the fact that he doesn't realize it's him, even if it's like bruised up and black eye. Like, yeah. have you, do you
1: not like look in I the saw mirror myself every day? Beat so, up. so let's, and, let, and, and, wait, wait,
0: wait, 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 hold it, hold it, hold it. We're coming back to that. We're coming back to that. <laughs> I've got it down there in the notes. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. But um, not only does the internal monologue shift, we didn't catch this, this go around because we were listening to it on one Bluetooth speaker. I don't know if you guys remember listening to it in the van a couple of years ago. And when I've listened to it with my headphones, not only does the internal monologue shift this, the location of the voices in stereo shift. So remember at the beginning they said, and brought to you in stereo. And you guys were like, Oh, that oh, sucks. Man. We've only got one speaker. <laughs> and by the way, who cares? Who cares? If you listen to this with two headphones in, when you hear Bob talking to Joe, Bob is in your left ear, Joe is in your right ear, Mm -hmm. things like that. And what'll happen is um, you still get it in the one speaker somewhat because the first time we're listening, Bob sounds very close, right? Because it's from Mm -hmm. his point of view. But then the second time through, Joe sounds very close and Bob sounds like he's on the other side of the room because he is. Yeah. And then when the third guy shows up, so like as it moves along, the, the perspective is changing. The, even things mm-hmm. like, you know, listening to the prank caller. Yeah. The first two, three times we hear that, we hear, well, no, I'm sorry, one time we hear him because we're in Bob's perspective mm-hmm. and we hear him over the phone, you know, with that phone distortion. The second and third time, we don't hear him because we're across the room. Mm-hmm. Then the fourth time, We're on the other end of the phone. So we hear Bob talking through the phone and it's, I mean, they just did such a great job Mm -hmm. of, of these little, these little tweaks. Now I do want to throw in that, uh, I went ahead and I tracked down uh, the book that this is in. So if you're interested, you can, you can read, uh, first of all, if you just Google buy his bootstraps PDF, you'll find a PDF version that's out there online. Uh, but if you'd like to, um, you can get it on audio, which is, funny (laughs) like we've we've already heard it on audio yes but if you want to get an audio version you know it's just an audio book version of that written word um it is on audible what you have to do is you have to find a book called the menace from earth and it's a collection of heinlein's short stories including this one i wouldn't highly recommend it because some of the other stories are kind of lame um and the radio drama is very very close to the the original book version of it um, but you'll pick up on some differences because if, whereas this one is primarily acted out by one guy, the audiobook is read by one guy,
2: but he's not like doing
0: anything to make it sound like
2: different people.
0: Well, I can't remember. Honestly, I think he does because audiobook narrators normally do that. They'll, they'll change their voices for different characters and things, but you get the narrator perspective. Because in in the radio drama version, you have a narrator at the very beginning that says Bob Wilson didn't see the portal open behind him or whatever, and then the narrator's gone. We don't get a narrator for mm-hmm. the rest of the thing. Everything is from the perspective of whichever iteration of Bob Wilson we're following. Mm-hmm. The book version is told third-person omniscient, right? So you you, you get – instead of an internal monologue, you have the narrator saying Bob thought this, that kind of thing. There's also some additional stuff that is included in the book that's not in, or the you know the written version that's not in this audio drama version. Um, and I'll point some of those out as we go along. One of them that's in the random stuff we noticed, y'all remember when Dictor is talking to himself towards the end? And he says that he hasn't been back to the, the, the hall of the gate for years because he accidentally saw... The, the great ones. Mm-hmm. In the book, it says that he didn't accidentally do nothing. He went looking for them. So he used the time gate and moved around through time to try and see Well, who were they and what was the deal and how did they build this thing and all this kind of stuff. And when he finally found them, it says that he went running from the hall of the gate screaming in madness and kind of went crazy for a few months. So... Yeah what (laughs) maybe that's
1: why he didn't go back
0: uh yeah that's exactly why he hasn't been back there in a while um and i think he kind of had to like wrestle with himself a little bit more to to end up going back there so um did you guys have any other you know get out all the randomness before we dig into did they get things right did they get things wrong on the time travel part
1: i was wondering okay the girl that he was talking to did he actually know her
0: The girl on the phone?
1: Yeah, because it seemed like he didn't, like when you first hear the call, it's like, oh, they're dating. Yes. And then they're like, wait, now they're mad at each other. (laughs) And then we switch back and they're
2: like. And he just like randomly hates her all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. I found out time travel and now you're.
0: Right. I've seen Arma and so now everything else. That was his girlfriend. That was his girlfriend, and they had been dating for a number of years through his graduate program. And Uh. there's some hints that he's kind of over her anyway, like maybe he's outgrowing the relationship or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, all of a sudden when, like, time travel and I'm going to rule the world and be surrounded by beautiful people, you're just a little peon, and I don't really care about you. (laughs) So one thing I thought was weird uh, as far as, like, just narrative – Is when the third iteration, when, so, so, so Bob Wilson falls through the portal, Joe goes back through the portal and then Bob three is standing there and he's like, Hey, wait a minute. I I've escaped, right? I've gotten out of the loop. And he says, well, back to the old typewriter and starts trying to rewrite his P. So now he's going to go rewrite his PhD thesis I guess presumably trying to prove how time travel is possible and does make logical sense. What the heck? That was such a, an abrupt shift where he's like, well, I guess I'll sit back down at the old typewriter. Did y'all notice that?
1: Yeah, it's like... Or were
0: y'all too busy trying to go, wait, which Bob is this?
1: It was like chasing adventures and... Let's go, yeah. and I'm gonna go rule the world, and oh, back to the old typewriter, get my PhD. The difference
0: between Bob and Joe makes sense. The difference between Joe and Bob three to me doesn't make sense because they're like uh. ten minutes apart. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's
2: like, what's the difference as well between as, these people? As well as being ten minutes apart, uh, Joe like has this nice sleep, but apparently still has like a bruised lip and a black eye. Goes through, then he goes back. And ten minutes later, comes through. And he's like, "They could be twins, yeah, because they have the same black eye and bruised <laughs> lip." It's like, uh. I,
0: okay, so let's that that brings us to the next section: things they got wrong. Did they follow their own rules? So the first note that I had in there was, I don't get why Bob one didn't recognize Bob two and three were exactly the same. Because like, wow, I, he's and like, also, could be twins. why did right. he
1: not realize that one, two, and three? Wait. We're all the same person. Like- okay,
0: so the idea is, and they, they mention this somewhat, uh, and they 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 make a bigger deal about it in the book. You don't. Well, okay, so it's a little different for you guys.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You guys have grown up. You, y'all have. Had, there's. A, I can't remember which comedian it is. Maybe Jim Gaffigan. He says, "I have more pictures of my kids than my father ever looked at me." <laughs> uh, you know the 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 gag being there and we talked about this the other night that there are so many pictures of you guys mm-hmm. there are even more pictures of Brayden than there are of y'all because when y'all were born we had our first digital camera Ooh. but we didn't get a smartphone until Brayden was born
3: mm-hmm.
0: so um the prior to pictures being just like everywhere all the time right so think about 1941 Most of the time you saw yourself, how did you see yourself?
1: The mirror. Reversed.
0: Which is backwards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You would see yourself in the mirror backwards. And it's not like your face is completely asymmetrical, but it isn't symmetrical. Mm -hmm. Right? And seeing yourself in a picture, people used to have a hard time with this. Again, we're used to seeing ourselves in pictures a lot more Mm -hmm. and video and all those kinds of things. But seeing yourself... Thirty hours down the road, so he's got stubble, right? He has, he needs to shave. Yeah. He's got a fat lip and a black eye. Probably his and hair's he, all messed from up from beating himself up. <laughs> right, from, I'm kicking my butt. Do you mind? Um. So Wait,
1: so he was at the typewriter. Sorry for cutting off. Yeah. But he said he was sitting there for a while. So wouldn't he have already had like? not have shaved Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point, yeah. So, like, it's even longer. Yeah, I thought the idea was
2: he had stubble because he had been at the
0: typewriter for so long. Well, okay, all right. So, so he would have even more stubble, though. That's
1: what I'm saying. So, he's 30... He's 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 used to having a shaved beard and now he has not just stubble, but, like, even more.
0: You, right, right, yeah. Because he, he, the guy, uh, Dictor said he, he put a, a drug in his drink. So he was out for like 30 hours, he says. Mm. And he
2: probably hasn't even seen himself in the mirror with all the stubble yet. So he didn't quite yeah. Know True, yeah.
0: He's even, used to seeing himself clean shaven. So, so now much. he sees a guy that's got probably two or three days worth of stubble. Again, mm. fat lip, black eye, and in reverse. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, True.
0: We can say, and, 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 how often does someone walk into your room and you think it's going to be you, right? That's so if true. you're not expecting to see you, you're probably not going to see you, right? That That's, that's true. It, it's one thing for us to, to look at a TV screen and not expect to see our own face and then be surprised to see our own face. But this was actually happening in real life, okay? Mm-hmm. But what I don't understand is that when – All of a sudden, there are two people standing there who, as we just discussed, is probably 10 or 15 minutes apart. So he Mm -hmm. doesn't have extra stubble. He's got the exact same black eye and Mm -hmm. the same fat lip. And he goes, wow, they could be twins. No, they couldn't be twins. Twins don't have identical bruises. You don't punch one twin and they both get a black eye. (laughs) (laughs) You know?
1: I mean, unless they both got punched (laughs) at the same time exact time there's, where they're like cyberkinetically linked somehow.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, there's a sci-fi. It, it's not like,
2: to, oh, they yeah. both conveniently got punched in the same eye. They both had the same fat
0: lip. Yeah, uh, like, exactly the same <laughs> wounds and everything. So They both so, yeah. got
2: punched in the exact same
1: eye at the exact same time by the exact same person. Yeah.
0: <laughs> because
2: so, he was up so long and drunk.
0: I was going to say, the only <laughs> thing that true, I chalk that up true. to is he was hammered by that time. So I mean, He says true.
2: he's hammered. He must have been hammer. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're starting to recognize you're drunk, you're really drunk. So uh, so that was one thing. The, um, okay, I had a problem with this. This was something I don't think I noticed until uh, a couple of weeks ago when I when I pre-listened to this. The, okay, he moved the time gate to an alley mm-hmm. and then went shopping, right, mm-hmm. to get the books and the supplies and all the things that he needed to become Dictor, right? Mm-hmm. So he did all that, and then when he came back, the time gate wasn't there. And the way he explains it is, he says, oh, duh, that's right, by now, because because he not only moved the time gate to the alley, he moved it to earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, by now, the time gate is back up in my apartment. Mm-hmm. What? Wouldn't there just be Do, two time gates? That's what I was thinking. So it, Unless didn't, the time we,
1: gate can only be one and the same,
0: but we 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 never
1: we never established we that. never
0: established
2: that. Well, that's what I thought they meant because they always refer to moving the time gate in space and time, not like I'm going to place a time not creating gate here. one. So, but I if you moved it here, there's one time gate that they're moving around.
0: So, I, so I guess mm-hmm. what that means is it, it, it's like a hole, right? So yeah. you can't have a hole that has a one end on one side of a wall and two ends on the other side of the wall.
2: Be a very that wouldn't make hole. sense.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that makes sense, but we didn't really explain that at all. We just kind of glossed yeah. over it. He's like, Oh, it's back in the apartment. Of course. And Why how did and he I figure
1: that? that out? Um,
0: well, once you've time traveled. No. All <laughs> right. So, so here's my thing about the time gate. I started thinking about that. I, I started thinking about the whole thing. So, uh, I hope I took good notes on this. Uh, let me just read what I have here. I said, the time gate is a bit wibbly wobbly anyway. Apparently, what appeared to be the same iteration of the time gate in Bob's apartment was different iterations of the time gate from moment to moment. So, okay? because when Bob 1 fell through the gate, it was Dictor looking around for Bob 1, remember? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's like moving the time gate around and then as soon as he gets it into the apartment, Bob 1 falls through it. And Wait, he's like, that's
1: not how that What actually, the heck happened? That's not how that should work because it was in the room for a good couple of minutes.
0: Okay, but that's my point is that it wasn't. Because
2: after-
1: That was a different
0: it iteration of it. After. Huh?
2: The, okay, so oh. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Oh. Afterwards, they move it. To earlier, so he can go through and shove himself through. Yes. Much earlier, because it's like 30 hours later. So they move it to before, and he comes through, and it changes at some point, and then he shoves himself through. Right. And they just put it in the exact same
0: spot. So instead of starting the story with Bob 1 at the typewriter, start the story with Dictor going, where's the other Dictor? Right? Let's start the story there. And so he goes to the time gate, moves it all around, gets it to the right place, and then all of a sudden, crap, Bob 1 just fell through. Dictor realizes, I've, it's me. I've always been Dictor. There never was another guy. It was me. I just didn't know it.
2: And by Dictor, mm-hmm. we mean Dictor 2 inside of head.
0: Well. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Dictor, wow. inner monologue number 2. So he talks to him, gives him a drink, knocks him out for 30 hours. Mm-hmm. 30 hours later let's call him joe is a is talking with dictor and dictor sends him through before bob appeared. one fell in in the first place no not before the yeah. not before the gate appeared well yeah 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 he 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 backed it up in time to be at the beginning of that whole that whole scenario
2: mm-hmm.
0: right mm-hmm. so he, he rewound it so that when Joe steps through, he steps through before Bob 1 fell through. And the only reason Bob 1 fell through was because Bob 2 and 3 were fighting. Already in right. there. So, but, so gate 1 appeared after Bob's 2 and 3 had already come back through other iterations of the gate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you have like gate 2, Joe walks through. Then
1: gate three
0: and then immediately. gate, immediately. But then gate two becomes S- gate one and Bob One falls through it. And then gate one goes away and becomes gate three for Bob number three to come through.
2: And gate four appeared several hours earlier. So the time gate is four two three one.
0: Yeah, at the very least. Yeah. So even oh. the time gate, it's like, wait a minute. Even the um, time gate. Even well. even the nature of the time gate is almost paradoxical, because the time gate was only able to be put where it was. It was put where it was by a man who was only there because he fell through the gate while it was there. Blah. Confusion. Blah. Confusion. All right, so that's that's the 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 things that they got wrong that I saw. What what about you guys? Was there other? Inconsistencies within the within the time travel rules.
2: I mean, I wouldn't say that was an inconsistency per se. They
0: that's true. They kept it consistent. It's just weird. True, true, and true. Why,
1: this isn't an inconsistency, but this is just an interesting thing. Why did he need the books and stuff again?
0: Uh, the, so you're not familiar with the books that he bought. The books that he bought were <laughs> they weren't great leadership style books, <laughs> but they were books written by and about very powerful world leaders, dictators, mm-hmm. actually. So one of them was Mein Kampf, which was Hitler's book that he hmm. wrote. Oh. Uh, one of them was um, Machiavelli's The Prince.
2: Why do they sell the book that Hitler
0: wrote like in the 1940s? <sighs> because reading it to understand the man better so that we can avoid him in the future is good and unfortunately that also means that it has to be available for those people who may read it and agree with it. And who burned books? the
1: very yep. men that created them. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, he, he yeah, he burned the books that disagreed with him. And so in 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 our understanding, our being America, because I know not all of our listeners are American, but in American uh, politics and, I don't know, culture and ethos and whatnot, we believe in free speech. And so every idea can be voiced. Even if it's wrong, you have the right to say it so that we can debate it in in an open format. And sometimes we discover that the things that we held to be true, right, and good were horribly wrong. And we change those things. And the reason we change them is because someone was allowed to say that's wrong. Unfortunately, that also means that people who are, who are completely wrong and evil also get to stand up and say the things that they believe. That's mm-hmm. America. So, uh, boy, didn't expect to go down that little rabbit hole, but we did. Yay. So, um, things they got right. Um, I, didn't, I didn't write down any notes here. Um, except that I would say, uh, he did, he did a good job. <laughs> like he really nailed
1: mm-hmm. some
0: paradoxes here. He, he, he posed some interesting questions. did not really answer them, <laughs> yeah. which is okay, which is okay. You know, that wasn't what he set out to do. He just set out to say, yeah, but if you can time travel, what about when this happens? You know, things like that. So, uh, uh, d- did you guys want to uh, get into things they got right, or should we get right into paradoxes? Let's
2: get into paradoxes because yeah. those are more fun to talk
0: about. Okay. So, paradoxes. Uh, Corbin had asked me at one point, he said, you know, was are there really like different kinds of paradoxes here? Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, there's the bootstrap paradox. And, Corbin, by the way, off the top of your head, do you remember any of the other types of paradoxes other than bootstraps? Bootstrap paradox? The bootstrap uh, paradox is the one that's also sometimes called the ontological paradox, right?
2: Yeah, I think. Okay. Uh, I've heard one that has a few variations as well. Uh, it's called the billiard paradox where, say, you throw a billiard through a portal in such a way that it hits itself out of the trajectory of the portal. Then what happens? And Like a
0: portal? Like, yeah. Because like t- backwards in time or, or something? Like, okay. Like wormhole. Or like the Time Gate. Yeah, okay.
2: And uh, I can't think of any others. Uh,
0: that is that an example of the grandfather paradox?
2: Yeah, I think so. Okay, so
0: the, the, the grandfather paradox is the idea of what happens if you go back in time and shoot your grandfather dead so that he never marries your grandmother and you were never born. Therefore, you couldn't go back to kill your grandfather. Therefore, you would be born. Therefore, you would go back and kill your grandfather. Right. Sorry, I, I his
2: grandfather instead of just father. I don't know.
0: I don't know that. <clears throat> um, so um, the... This one focuses on bootstrap paradoxes, and uh, sometimes called the ontological paradox. Ont- ontology basically meaning like uh, to to be to exist that kind of thing. So um, the idea is, where the heck did that come from? Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about types of types of bootstrap paradoxes in by his bootstraps. So one is uh, the the nickname Joe. Okay. Where did you that come you? from? Where did he come up? Where where did the nickname Joe originally come from? Because, well, because he said Joe, right? But, but why
1: did that guy like, say Joe? Did he
0: say Joe because he heard himself say Joe? Okay, this go. All right, so this is this goes back to um, the girl in the fireplace mm-hmm. has a a and a, a version of this where she knew the the phrase uh, when the clock breaks the doctor will appear. Uh-huh. And she knew that that was the case because she heard herself Self-saying. say it in the past. And if I remember correctly, in that episode, when she said it, she was referring to that very example. Because yeah. <laughs> like the
2: doctor never said it.
0: Yeah, in, she said in, it. So. She said it. and And not only did she, like she heard herself saying it, but she heard herself saying that she heard herself say it, but only heard the bit. Only heard the bit about the clock and the doctor. All right, so where did the nickname Joe come from? All right, another thing I've got to I've got to go into this a, a little bit here. In the written version, the the short story book version of this, Dictor, among the things that um, that Joe or you know Bob Three or whoever it was ends up with is some stuff from Dictor. Right, so he went back mm-hmm. in time. He went back to his present and bought some stuff, but he also took some stuff with him. And one of the things that he took, because Dektor gave him this stuff, he said, take this, go buy the rest, and then come back. One of the things that he sent with him was a notebook. And in the notebook, he didn't, he didn't really look at it, but when he got back, he opens it up and, and realizes that it is a, um, basically a dictionary of the language that the other people were speaking. So I don't know if y'all caught this in the in the radio drama version <clears throat> when Diktor is speaking to the the servant girls that come in to serve them breakfast. Did y'all notice he's speaking like some weird language? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and they're they, they obviously they don't speak English. They're speaking this other language. Diktor seems to know both languages. So what happens is the notebook was Diktor's translation manual mm-hmm. of that language into English, whatever whatever that language was. So he used that to teach himself that language so that he could then, you know, rule over the people. He could communicate with the people and rule over with them, Mm -hmm. right? And then over time, as that notebook began to physically wear out, he copied it into a new version so that uh, he could continue to have it around and um, found that, you know, the, the process of rewriting that book also helped him learn it even more, right? Then all of a sudden he realizes the notebook was the one he just made. So he copied the notebook into a fresh notebook, which then became the notebook that he copied in the first place. Confusing. Okay, all right, no, so super confusing here, right? Because uh, remember, do y'all remember the phrase where he says, "How do you can't get past entropy, and the guy says, You remind me of the guy who proved mathematically that planes can't fly. Yeah. We just gloss over that, right? He says, What about entropy? You can't get over entropy. Entropy is the tendency of things to decay, right? Mm-hmm. So he took that notebook with him and then used it for 10 years and it began to wear out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, if he had then handed himself that notebook, it would look 10 years old. And then the next time it would look 20 years old and blah, 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 blah. So, that, couldn't, that didn't work. Eventually, the thing would fall apart and disintegrate. He copied it and made a fresh copy in every time through the loop. Right? So, it
1: wasn't gradually getting older. It was, it was gradually a, making new copies.
0: Um, well, no, it wasn't even making a copy, it was making a copy. It was itself. When he writes the new, the quote, new version, it's the same one that he handed to himself 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So here's the question, right? Where did that information come from? That's the ontology. That's the, what is the source of the being that is that information? Mm -hmm. Who taught who that information? You can't say Deektor taught it to Bob because Deektor learned it from the notebook, that was, was handed
1: from... By the
0: previous Dictor.
1: Right. That is the same Dictor that he is.
0: Right. And that's the other thing is because, because of, the of, of the nature of of the loops in this version in this story,
1: mm-hmm.
0: there is no Dictor 1, Dictor 2. There is no second time through the loop. I was saying that, but that's not how it works. It's only ever yeah. one time through. And we know that because of the way we experience the story. The internal monologue is Bob, then it's Joe, then it's Bob three, then it's the prank caller, then it's Deektor, then it's Bob again, you know, and and for us, the perspective is shifting along with, with Bob as he moves through time. So the, the, the bootstrap paradox of how do, how do you pick yourself up by your own boots and lift yourself up in the air? Where did the information in the notebook come from? It, it's just it, there, yeah it's
2: just I mean, even if it had come from somewhere, no one during that time period spoke English. They all clearly spoke some different language, right, so who even would have taught it to
0: him right, so it's not like it's not like he learned the language over time and then wrote it down. No, he learned it from the notebook and then used that information to copy it into itself. Where did that come from mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we have things again, causal loops. Dektor sent Bob through so that he could send himself through. They they actually explored this for a half a second. Um what? he he <clears throat> Dektor tells Bob at, or, or <clears throat> Joe after he comes back, he says. Are you telling me, Joe says, Are you telling me that you sent me through so so that I could go back and send myself through the portal the first time so that you could then send me back in order to send myself through? And Dictor says, Yep. Exactly. And Bob's like, Well, that doesn't make any 80s. sense. And Dictor just kind of goes, nah. Well, that's we, what's happening. So. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's
1: what happened to me the first time.
0: So that, that Wait, brings us that, <laughs> that brings us to our can we talk about? So this is can we talk about the nature of the self? And this is bordering on Corbin's favorite segment, existential horror, right? Mm -hmm. A running debate throughout the story. And this is – the more times you listen to this – and by the way, I would encourage everybody who's listening. If you only heard it one time, I would encourage you, especially now that we've talked about it, go back and listen to it again. And you too. I would say get it on your devices and Mm -hmm. it's in the drive. It's in Google Drive. Go listen to it. A couple more times this week because every time you listen through it makes more and more sense and then and it frees your brain up to listen to smaller details mm-hmm. um like i said i've listened to it seven or eight times and every time i'm like oh wait a minute because oh, because you know i'm processing what's happening instead of having to go wait what <laughs> you know
1: you already know first couple of times it has listen- happened and is going to happen right. it's like rewatching a movie and right. seeing
0: oh it's exactly what that's it
1: is. where the millennium falcon is
0: uh yes
1: that
0: (laughs) it's for sure random reference um so a running debate throughout the story is who is bob and by that i mean when there is more than one iteration of bob present which one is really quote unquote him
2: and in theory they're all him but then how do you have more than one entity with the same conscious? Right. Except they're not more than one entity in theory. They're the same entity.
0: Yes. But from different time periods. Yes. And so the answer the answer seems to be. Now this is this is me interpreting based on the couple of listen throughs. The answer seems to be the one experiencing it.
2: I mean, that's the realest Bob we can get, because
0: Right. So if you feel like you, you're you. <laughs> if and you don't Dictor, feel like you,
2: you might have a
0: problem. But right. Well, if I, you know you are existing. Deektor actually basically says that at one point. He says, how am I going to – one of the Bobs, one of the earlier Bobs says to Diktor, how am I going to get myself unsnarled, right, mm-hmm. out of this vortex that I'm sucked into? And Deektor says, you're not snarled do you feel like you? And he says, yeah. And he goes, then you're you. Mm-hmm. And, remember, and I think it was in that same conversation where we get that great line where Bob goes, well, yeah, but I just, I mean, it didn't feel like it, but it, huh? Yes. <laughs> just amazing. Every time I listen to that, I have to stop and rewind that like five times in a row. Like, yeah, but it just I mean, now hold on a second. Now what, what, what? <laughs> because he's so, he's so like tangled up in it. And Dictor is the one that has had ten years to think about it. Mm-hmm. Right. He even says it once. He's one point, had ten years to think about it, but only just realizes only a just few realized minutes it. before.
2: Yeah. Wait, I am the real Dictor. Right.
0: Because but it's one of those it things was always me. It's one of those aha moments. It's where, a
2: twentieth century man who just happened to come to this time period. I wonder who it could be. Right. <laughs> I
1: mean, it's, I would have probably known from the start. Like, after the third guy, probably, or second or third guy, I would have known, wait, we're all the
0: same person. That is one thing that that I struggle with. But, like... And I always have to imagine myself in that situation because it's so unreal.
1: Like, but I'm not from the 1940s or whenever this was written, so...
0: Time travel is still not real, though. I'm just so. saying,
1: like we have a better understanding. Like if this happened,
0: you say that, but we've not even proven you
2: can time travel. I
1: mean, I think what
0: he's saying is he has read more time travel stories yes. than Bob Wilson ever did. Yeah, <laughs> ever to would. Say. Yeah, you know, it's the same reason why we're all like, I would totally survive the zombie apocalypse because, because I've seen all the movies. You know? I mean, this
2: is it. a classic horror trope right here. You know, you're not supposed to keep flicking the lights on and off. To see if the monster will come towards you. Right. You're supposed to
0: run. <laughs> but you're going to do it anyway. You're not so.
1: supposed to slowly back away.
0: So from from our perspective, the, quote, real Bob is the one narrating at any given moment. That's part of why I pointed out that perspective shift earlier on is that as far as who is the true self, the true self is the one experiencing it, right? So if – you ever find yourself in a room with two other iterations of yourself and they're not just your children, then you are you and maybe they are you, but you're you. Um, and he, and I, I tried looking some of this stuff up. He has a line earlier on that says when he's writing his, his thesis and it's a foreshadowing, but it goes over my head and I, and I've, I, I've done a little bit of digging on it and I still don't, he says duration is an attribute of the of experience and not the plenum i think something like that
1: what does that mean? I don't
0: know <laughs> uh, but but corbin you were kind of talking about that where you were like you can't have multiple of the same entities in one place and blah 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 and that's what he's arguing is if i'm here and i'm me but that thing over there says it's also me and is clearly me and is clearly me. And then the next time through, I'm that other guy across the room looking and back at me. Other guy. Yeah. And now, it was me. now I know for sure because, you know, at first he's like, I'm drunk. I'm hallucinating. Second time through, he knows that the other guy is genuinely him from mm-hmm. 30 hours ago. So who am I? Am I me? Is he me? Are we me? Wow. You know, and that's what he's arguing, and, and it's something to do with 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 duration and experience, and and how uh, that phrase. When I googled that phrase, I went down this dark rabbit hole about the nature of consciousness, and I was like, okay, ah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Google that phrase, um, and 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 have all kinds of fun with that. But so he again, Heinlein does a great job of just diving into what can really happen if time travel t- time travel is the case because what do we do what do we do what do we do when it's you know back to the future or it's or it's aliens or it's or whatever it is we time travel like way back right yeah we we go back to ancient rome or, uh-huh. or you know, maybe Marty McFly goes back and meets his parents, and and there you go. That's the grandfather paradox, right? He prevented uh-huh. his parents from falling in love, and therefore he never existed, and they just wibbly wobbly their way around that because it's a
2: slow fade. And so on, right, and quickly right, right, Get them back
0: yeah. as as we discussed back on episode uh, Corbin insert episode title here, uh, <laughs> but. Um, this one says, "Yeah, but what if we had several iterations all show up at the same time?" Do you know what this reminded me of this go around? What we need to link up to this, Corbin, put me a, put me a note right here about the nature of the self. Uh, make the next bullet point uh, Julian Smith video. All right, okay. <laughs> a Julian
2: Smith video. Do y'all
0: not remember this video? Of uh, uh, I think the video is called uh, "You in Five Minutes" or "Me in oh, Five Minutes." Yeah. Something oh, like that. we
1: need to rewatch yeah, that. I love yeah.
0: I'll put a Corbin is making a note and I'll put a link there, um, highlight that or something so that I'll, I'll remember to, to, to fill that in with a, with a YouTube link. There's a great Julian Smith video that uh, he's a, he's a comedian on YouTube who used to do all kinds of stuff. And um, he's got a video where there's multiple iterations of himself. Mm And um I think honestly, I think he did it just to show off his editing skills because there's <laughs> a scene where he's eating a donut and sets it down and the other version of himself across the table picks up the same donut and eats it. And I do not know yeah. how he did that. <laughs> um
2: fancy green screen.
0: Oh, I'm saying though, you know, but but he picked up anyways, he set down an object and then picked up the same object from the other side of the green screen like it doesn't make yeah, it. then amazing. you see
2: it done with like live magicians and you're like excuse me what is
0: happening <laughs> what is happening so at any rate um we'll, we'll link up to that but it's that same idea of like which one is me and what does it mean to be me and all those kinds of things so all right before we get into uh what jared has to say i want to remind you guys that noobs in the whovian is brought to you by listeners like victor and jared And listeners, just like you, if you find value in what we do and want to give a little value back, that's what we ask. Uh, Join in for as little as a dollar a month as an Amelia patron. Starting at $5 a month, you'd be on the Amy tier, and you'll get a shout-out on the show. Anybody, $5 and up. $12 a month means you're our very own River Song Always there for us. Fifteen dollars a month makes you a hosting host, and you'll get a chance to guest host on an upcoming episode. Uh, just so you guys know, we haven't forgotten yet about Victor. He is—we're uh, we're talking with him behind the scenes and uh, working out some of the logistics, and think we should have him up uh, within the next few weeks. So again, once we nail that down, we'll uh, we'll get it locked in for you. So if you want to join. Victor, Jared, and others, and become a uh, supporter of family-friendly, independent media. Go to Patreon.com/slash/Noobs and the and get started today on that. So, uh, Jared wanted to chime in. Um, I, he he asked me. He emailed me and said, uh, "You know, I don't know if if there's anything in particular." And then I said, "Hey, you know, like take the week off," <laughs> or if you think of something, you know, like throw it our way. And he uh, emailed me late uh, yesterday and said, I thought of something, or maybe it was early this morning. He said, I thought of something. And so here you go. So I haven't heard it. I know a little bit about what it is. It has to do with bootstrap paradoxes from classic Who. So let's hear what he has to say.
3: Hello, noobs in the whovian. This is Jared. And I was not going to send anything in for this uh, episode. I, I, enjoyed listening to buy his bootstraps it was my first time and it was a wonderful introduction to a great story but I couldn't find anything that connected to who and I didn't think I had anything all that impactful to share about it but then I woke up this morning and I thought back in classic who I think there's a bootstrap paradox and I'd never thought about it this way before but here's what I've come up with so in the story Genesis of the Daleks The Doctor is sent back by the Time Lords to when Davros is creating the Daleks, and he's sent there to stop them, to maybe change their course so that they're not as evil, to help them understand that... They can have a functioning place in the world or, or, in worst case scenario, to destroy them. And we've talked about this episode before. We know, obviously, he did not accomplish any of those goals. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> because the Daleks are still around and evil. But what we have there is a moment where we realize that if the doctor hadn't come to visit the Daleks... It's very possible they would have just assumed they're the only ones in the universe and never have gone to search out and dominate other life. We have a moment where the character Nider uh, says, I've heard Davros say there is no intelligent life on other planets. They thought they were the only intelligent beings, or at least Davros was teaching them, convincing them, indoctrinating them that they were the only intelligent beings in the whole universe. And that's why they had a right to control, to dominate, you know, very, of course, Nazi-esque, as we've covered before. So we have this moment where we see that because the doctor came back, it alerted them to the fact that there are other intelligent beings out there, and it turned their thoughts for domination beyond just their world. Now, of course, it could be argued that they were going to go off world at some point and they were going to find others and their world domination would continue no matter what. That's a fair argument. But as the story goes, it really created this causal loop because the, you know, here the Daleks were attacking universe wide. And so that's why the Time Lords sent the Doctor back to try and stop or destroy the Daleks. And because of that, the Daleks went and tried to take on the universe. So, you know, where you've got your bootstrap paradox, why, where Where was the, the real beginning here? It's maybe not the strongest bootstrap paradox because there are ways of thinking around it. But uh, I thought that was at least some classic Who connection to the story that we all uh, read or listened to this week. So thank you, Noobs and the Whovian, for including me. And I look forward to bringing you more classic Who connections next time. Hello, noobs in the dude, this-
0: <laughs> Dad, I was using a different app to play it. <laughs> Apparently that one loops. Um, that's awesome. I love wow. that. That that mm-hmm. uh, perhaps the doctor is the reason why the Daleks are out to destroy everything in the universe. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and did- slightly annoying, but amazing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and totally terrible. But still, that's amazing.
0: That's, that's very cool. I, I do like a good story where... You, you go back in time to stop something and then you end up causing the thing that you yeah. want to go yeah, stop. Yeah, I always that. like that. Oh, come on. When it's done right, when it's done right, I do like that. Um, and there's, there's, there's a, a couple of good examples out there. I also like the ones where um, – I'm trying to think of whether I should tell you this example – I'll just tell you the idea without telling you which movie it is, because then we can watch that movie and it won't be spoiled. But I, I love when you have a time travel movie where somebody goes back to to try to stop something, and basically they just they just fail to stop it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's like whether they went back in time or not, you know, they didn't cause the thing by going was, back, but they, they just, just failed, failed. to uh-huh. stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, left little breadcrumbs along the way and stuff like that. So. Um, that's always fun. What I don't like is when you have a story that establishes that you can't change the past and you have causal loops and then the hero yeah. finds a way to change it at the last second. Like, I hate that. Well, come Which, on, God. admittedly, Doctor Who does. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, it's, 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 so moving right along. That's so.
1: impossible. <laughs> so, <laughs> we
0: we chose the anymore. past what we want. That's right. So, that brings us to was it good? So, first of all, guys, was it a good story? So, forget the time travel come element. On. We're going to evaluate that independently. Was this a good story?
1: Yes. Thumbs definitely up. yes
0: so trip says thumbs up uh would you care to elaborate uh no just, okay
1: <laughs> what <laughs> go ahead i think it's just um like for it to be written so long ago i think it's such um like it definitely holds up to my standards like I would definitely not think that this is from the 1940s.
0: That's the thing. This is not nearly as hokey as you would think. Yeah,
1: like this is not like oh we have flying cars or yeah. It's like oh temples and giant. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, he he
0: he went so far into the future that you can just do whatever you want and it doesn't. Yeah. It's not like when you go into you know 2015 and have hoverboards, and that doesn't happen in 2015 when when we actually. What there. you know? <clears throat> <clears throat> so <laughs> so trip, trip gives it a, uh, a thumbs up. Corbin, what about you?
2: Uh, it is very difficult to separate the story from the
0: time yeah. travel because
2: it's so yeah. intertwined.
0: It's not like Meet the Robinsons where <laughs> <but> <laughs> you have yeah. a lot of time, a lot of story, and then some time travel. Yeah,
2: but um, uh, it was a good story. I liked it, and the idea was good. and he played the time travel really well. There were mm-hmm. a lot of tiny details in there that he threw in to just, for no reason so not to explain change. anything. It's just like, and this is a thing that happened because. And you got an example of time travel. Uh, Like, the call. He named that one girl after the uh-huh. first girl. I uh-huh. thought it uh-huh. was uh-huh. the
0: first girl. Arma. and So, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. It's like,
2: wow, that's... That didn't need to be there, but okay.
0: That was one of the... So, so thumbs up. Thumbs up. On it. It's a good story. I definitely going to give it two thumbs up for sure. And I would say that, um, echoing what you were talking about there, I like throwing in the little details about how you don't recognize yourself when you don't see yourself in the mirror. And yeah. uh, so, so we give him a pass on that. And things like the... Um, Deektor doesn't realize that the girl he named Arma is the girl that was already named Arma that he was absolutely devastated by how beautiful she was. And now he's looking at her going meh because 10 years later of living amongst these apparently astoundingly beautiful people, he's a different person, right? Like his, his internal monologue said, you're just jaded. I I do like that stuff, you know, that he, he throws those little tidbits of, about humanity in there. Um, and, 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 all the ideas that we talked about, the nature of the self and, you know, who, what does it mean to actually be you and those kinds of things that are influenced by the time travel but are independent of it as well. So, trip was it a good time travel story?
1: For the most part, I got to say yes. I mean, I can't really see any areas where it's really flawed. Plus, like I said, it's an older type story, so it's kind of – Like, you gotta give it some slack because it's still a bit older and a bit um, less formed, I guess, as in the way of, like, the early stages of time travel. But I think it definitely does hold up to, uh, like, if I played this for someone just at school, they would probably think it was cool. Mm -hmm. Like, this time travel still to this day confuses me like how does this work like this this it's a masterpiece how it's written and especially um how he voices it is amazing
0: yeah and that's that's kind of apart from Heinlein's writing of the book Mm -hmm. the audio drama presentation of it was was pretty amazing too so Corbin what do you think time Uh, travel
2: I'm definitely going to give this a thumbs up because like we said it's very difficult to uh separate the story from the um Time travel, and there are movies where you have time travel in the movie, but it's not a lot about time travel and a lot Mm -hmm. about story, so the time travel doesn't end up all that good, or you'll have movies or stories that are mostly about time travel, and even still that can turn out not so great, and this was on the much higher end with a lot of attention to detail in the way that it was
0: written so yeah. and and so you know for for my writing yeah, thumbs way up as far as was this a good time travel story i I would say that this is a unique time travel story so like back to the future was written because hey wouldn't it be wouldn't it be interesting if like you could see your parents mm-hmm. and what they were like in high school and then well, I guess the only way you could do that is if you traveled in time <gasps> movie, movie idea like back to the future is born, right this book was was set down, set out to be an analysis of the implications of time travel. Mm-hmm. Like this is high level stuff. That's why you got to listen yeah. to it a couple of different times. And every time you listen to it, you go, whoa, that's what you know, because this guy, last
2: time, huh? Didn't notice that last time.
0: Yeah. Because Corbin kind of like what you were saying. It's, it's hard to do a good time travel story that also has like, I don't know, a lot of character development. Okay and i would say this one doesn't have a whole lot of character development. No, like, first it's of all, mostly
1: just a story.
0: It's mostly time travel. It's yeah. mostly that you know analyzing that. And yes, he does grow as a character, but that's not what it's about. No. You know. Uh, we it's don't. Not, we don't get any emotional catharsis at the end of. Oh, thank goodness he learned his lesson. No, there's none of that. It's
2: <laughs> he's like probably worse off now due to being <laughs> dictator of
0: the earth. Yeah, because apparently he turned into like, uh, you know, Hitler, Machiavelli, Mussolini. By the time he got to uh, ten years down the road, you know, there was so, character development. <laughs> it's just more of a downward, than just nightmarish character development. Yeah. So, but as far as a, being a time travel story, yes. Fantastic. All right, so we're running long, so I won't dive into my crackpot theory question that I wanted to ask you guys. So I'm going to ask it, and then we're just going to run away from it screaming, okay? (gasps) So, because I think this is the question that Heinlein was trying to answer. Does the idea of causal loops nullify the possibility of time travel? Because this is a theory that time travel is impossible because you could have a grandfather paradox And since that can't happen, therefore time travel is not possible. So I'm just going to ask you guys and let y'all simmer on that. So listeners, Mm -hmm. does the idea of causal loops nullify the possibility of time travel, or do we just have to deal with them if time travel is a possibility? And as Doc Brown said, perhaps, you know, unravel the very fabric of space and time and destroy the entire universe.
1: Don't let kids handle time travel.
0: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Don't let your kids near the time machine as we learned in Meet the Robinsons.
1: All right, right, so
0: uh, listener input, we didn't have any new uh, reviews this week. So, uh, this is, this is a reminder. You've got just a little bit of time left. If your birthday is in September, we, you owe us a review, head on over to iTunes or wherever you found us and leave us a review. We'll read that out on the show and give you a birthday shout out the game plan next week. We are straight back into series five with vampires of Venice. Now there is a mini sode that precedes this one and it's called meanwhile in the TARDIS part two. And that one, uh, we have a a link to that. So if you go over to noobsinthehoovian.com and uh, go to the, the show notes for this week or last week, scroll on down to the game plan and you will see the link there. Meanwhile, in the TARDIS part two, or you can Google it. It's on YouTube. It's out there. It exists. And hopefully, like we said last time, our link is still good. So watch that, then sit down and watch Vampires of Venice in preparation for next week. Noobs in the Hoovian is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. Hi, I'm Chip. And our production editor is this other guy.
2: Hi, I'm Corbin.
0: Special thanks to Tardis.Wakia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for the Classic Who connection. And shout-outs to Victor and Jared for their Patreon support. You can find us and message us at facebook.com slash Hoovian or email us at noobsinthewhovian at gmail.com. Consider supporting us at patreon.com slash noobsandthehoovian. And if you forget where any of that is, just go to noobsandthehoovian.com and you'll find all the information as well as full show notes there. Please subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you found us. Share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name is Austin, I'm the Hoovian, these are my sons Corbin and Trip. And, and we're the, the news? noobs. And we will see you next time. Goodbye.